This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. And welcome along to the New Zealand Charity Podcast, the show that helps you to make better contributions to the charitable organisation you serve. I'm your host, Thomas Nabs, and today on the show, we're joined by Paul Brown from Child Fund. Paul, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Kira Thomas. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, thank you. Hey, let's take it back to Child Fund for a little bit. Yes. Um, we've spoken a little bit about the impact that you guys are, are making overseas, and, and it's wonderful impact. I've, I've done my research on you guys and, and that long-term Breaking the poverty cycle is awesome. With the social dynamic change in New Zealand communities, and we're seeing a lot more poverty firsthand here, and we're seeing food poverty, we're also seeing a lot of sexual and physical abuse and and, and more homeless as well. A, A child fund looking at New Zealand communities and perhaps keeping some of New Zealand's donations here a little bit more, or is that... Uh, are they still going to the most extreme poverty places around the world? What's the strategy there? Thomas, you read my mind. So this is a really big question that we're trying to unpack this very moment. So when I started, I was already sponsoring a child with a child fund 20-odd years ago, so I knew of them before I was approached to to be their chief exec. So, but when I started 16 years ago, yeah, we were often asked, why aren't you working in New Zealand? And at the time, it was pretty easy for us to say, well, Thomas, we don't work here because we work in what we call abject poverty. Mm. So we work in places of the world where there are no schools, there are no health clinics, there are no water points. And by that, I mean, if you look at your house now, Thomas, you go home, you've probably got how many water points? You've got two in the laundry, two in the bathroom, two in the kitchen, you've got two hoses outside, one of them's leaking. So you've got about nine or 10 water points on your property. We work in places around the world where the nearest water point could be two kilometers away and that serves 100 families mm-hmm. so we always used to say back then you know that's where our area of focus lies and let's face it new zealand's a great place to be a kid that story's changed a lot i mean we've now got a minister of child poverty called the prime minister prime minister ardern so child poverty is rearing its ugly head in our lovely country so yes we are certainly exploring what we could do here in New Zealand. And and we don't know the answer yet, Thomas, but what we're thinking is who can we work alongside and learn from? Who can we help build their capability and their capacity? Rather than doing something ourselves, I think it would be remiss of us to start doing something solo. Um, Mm. There's enough great, great agencies out there doing great work for kids. So for us now, it's really exploring the landscape and saying, okay, who's doing that great work around children and youth? Mm. How do we make that go further? So watch this space. Yeah, it's certainly timely that we ask this question about, okay, what's facing children and young people in New Zealand? Because it's a very different world to to what we grew up in. Absolutely. If there are people out there who think that they're doing a great job in their community and they perhaps want to contact you about that, how might they do so? Yeah. Hey, look, we would absolutely cherish that and welcome it. So probably best to us to go to info at childfund.org.nz. 
and say, please forward this to Paul. You know, we, we would welcome that inquiry and, and start that dialogue. may not lead anywhere, but what it will do is help um, enrich uh, our knowledge and actually make us more aware of the great people out there. And I, and I think that's part of the role of working in the social space is that a lot of the funding that we raise goes to capacity building to strengthen small organisations to make sure that they are resilient and they can keep doing their good work. So it's, it's all part and parcel of who we are and, and, and what we believe in. That's awesome. Hey, a couple more questions, and this is yeah. all in the name of providing mm-hmm. value to people who are in for-purpose organisations. What's your relationship like with your trustees? What do? How often do you guys talk? What value do the trustees bring to the organisation and what yeah. contributions do they bring? So Child Fund is, is governed. We've got a two-tier governance structure. We have a board of seven volunteer board members, and they come from all walks of life and all part of the country. Actually, we've got a person based in Tauranga. We've got a person who was from Kiribati, now living in Auckland. And we've got a chartered accountant, a person who works for the, works for the Financial Markets Authority, an ex-lawyer, a person who works for a crown entity. So we've got a good mix of skills, and that's the real driving force of the board is to make sure that as a team, they have a good broad mix that can actually help govern but not operate our business. They still, which is great, they see the operation being part of management's responsibility. Great. And do they provide any services for free? Like does the lawyer do some law and the accountant do any accounting? Um, no, we, we, we probably steer away from that in terms of probably because we're at a size and age that we don't necessarily require that. We still pre- appreciate pro bono services, but I'd rather have the board members share their thinking as mm-hmm. opposed to say they're helping out by giving their technical services. So yep. um, pro bono is great, but also I think I also believe in paying for services so you can actually set up a relationship with that organisation who's providing that service. Completely also allows you to push back. If they, if they give you rubbish service, you can also say to them, look, we're paying for this, but yep. um, you don't have that luxury if they're not if you're not being charged for something. Completely so agree. we've got a board of seven and over above that, there's another what we call a membership of three people. Some of them are ex-board members. And their role is to oversee the board, to make sure the board are behaving appropriately and that the business is overall travelling well. You said, how does that board provide us with value? I think the role the board plays or what they've got to focus on is not just making sure that the business is operating well. That's really the management's responsibility. But I often talk to our board about emerging risk. What's coming over the horizon that we can just see a glimmer of? What do we need to think about changing tack today to actually make us respond to what's just over the horizon? What emerging risk is coming through? So I see that as a real strong suit or real attribute of, of, a, of a good board. Uh, and, and, you know, the conversation you and I had a few moments ago about the shape, the changing shape of the charitable sector, different forms of money, ways of achieving of impact differently, forming different partnerships. Those are the conversations I think boards are really, really instrumental and, and helpful with. So then, yeah. And if we were a fly on the wall in a boardroom table at Child Fund, who would be driving that meeting? Would it be Paul Brown or would it be the chair or <laughs> you talk to them about that emerging risk? It sounds as though you have quite a lot of influence. Do you think that's normal for a charity or is every charity different? I think every charity would be different, but I would encourage boards you know, to be really knowing the question, putting the, the question to your management team. That's what they should be asking in terms of... Um, not what do they know themselves, but what should they know? So the board reporting, 
in a perfect world will answer all those questions, but it should also open up inquiry about, okay, now that you've told us this, what does this mean? So mm. if that's so what, so um, again, pushing the conversation further. If you were that fly on the wall, it's a fairly open forum. It's well chaired by Simon White, our chairman. But again, the conversations might, the papers might be presented by myself or my management team to talk them through. The idea being getting dialogue from the board to to buy into those decisions or to to endorse those decisions further. So yeah, yeah. And what if you can share, and it's fine. If you can't, what what are some of those current emerging? What did you call them? Emerging uh, troubles emerging coming risks. over the hills. Yeah, emerging, emerging troubles. Risks. I think certainly for child fund, and, and I would suspect would be very very similar to a lot of non-profit or for-purpose uh, organisations around New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. In terms of, and I'm writing a paper now for a board meeting coming up next, um, in the next few weeks, is it's titled Sustainable, Relevant and Impactful. I think those are the three sort of pillars that Child Fund really needs to sort of put underneath its tent to make sure um, you know, we've got stability. That you know, Are we sustainable financially and are we behaving in a sustainably, ethically way for the planet? Is mm. a question I'd be asking. Are we relevant in terms of are we engaging stakeholders and supporters and funders? Mm-hmm. And therefore, are we impactful? Are we doing what we said we would do, which is that big question. We're here for why, okay? Is that why being achieved? So that those are sort of the, the three sort of things I think that are on the horizon, but also in the headlights at the same time. So those, are, you know, those big questions. I'll be encouraging all boards and all leaders of for-purpose organisations to really make sure they've got the top of their notepads every morning. So, okay, those are things that just have to keep driving us. Sustainable, relevant, impactful. I really like that. Mm. Yeah, it's the threat at this stage. There, are, I mean, there are other things too. I think you know we've all got to start working and collaborating a lot better in terms of. New Zealand's very good at starting charities or non-profit, uh, non-profit businesses, mm-hmm. and there's 27,000 of us out there. Some of them are quite molecular. You know, yeah. I think the challenge we've all got now is how do we join up those molecules to make bigger atoms, to make bigger entities, to make more impactful entities. So we've really got to try start connecting those dots a lot better, yeah. I think, as a sector. Completely agree. So what if if you could go back three to five years and you had one piece of advice that you were able to give Paul Brown three or five years ago in relation to what you could do better coming up in the next three to five years, what would it be? That is the best question anyone could put to somebody. I would encourage Paul Brown and others who are privileged enough to lead purpose-led organisations to really make sure you've got the courage and the curiosity to keep driving change. What we've discovered is, yes, Child Fund is a great organisation. We're very fortunate to have a strong supporter base. But for a while there, I think we got a little bit seduced or distracted on chasing the wrong things. And for us, it was chasing revenue. We saw that the more money we raised, the better we thought we would become. Mm. So it's having the courage to say, hang on a minute, let's just stop and be curious. What are we doing? What's the outcome it's actually generating? And, and, and is it actually good business Mm. so it's having the courage to say no to things rather than just keep doing the things you've always done because someone said we've always done it that way Mm. so it's a long way of saying be brave make change learn as you go if it doesn't work stop change do something different you know the world's changing faster and faster each year our sector has to keep up with that change that's really in line with our last guest on the show as well david galbraith who 
he says the number one value that anyone can have is courage because it actually takes courage to have everything else. It takes courage to yeah. have honesty, integrity. It takes courage to have bravery, et cetera, et cetera. So, yep, no, look, encouraged to change and, and not perhaps not changing for change's sake, but but always assessing the alternatives and, and getting out of that comfort zone and, as David yep. would say, living in that rattle. So, no, that's <laughs> that's pretty sound advice, Paul. So thank you very much. And I'm about ready to wrap it up there, unless there's anything else that you want to add that you think would be of value to any anyone listening who is running a for-purpose organisation. No, I, th- I think that's been really helpful, Thomas. And I, I, I would just encourage, you know, when you're looking at board people, award members or staff, you've got to get the passion right. But you've also got to get the, the, the two words that I first learned from a woman who's a mentor of mine, who's been active in the space for 50 plus years. She said, to survive the space, you've got to have intelligent rage. And I've never lost sight of that. And I said, what do you mean by that? She said, you've got to have intelligence, but you can't be so academic and righteous that no one gets what you're trying to do for change. Mm-hmm. And you've got to have rage. You've got to have passion to drive through that change, but you can't be so angry that you alienate yourself. Yeah. What you've got to have is those things bound together. She said it's called intelligent rage, and you've got to work, make things, those things work in harmony, and that's how you'll get through what you want to get through. And I've actually never lost sight of that. I thought it's actually a really good touch point just to, just to keep in mind. That actually goes really well with a couple of things that I've experienced. And I think if anyone's run an organisation or a charity for quite a while and you get a no from a funder and they don't quite they don't quite get what you're trying to achieve and, and because you're so passionate about it, I used to get really enraged <laughs> and I used to think, how could you say no sort of thing on the inside and then yeah. I think every now and then my, my passion would probably tip over the mark a little bit and, and it would do more damage than it would good in actually meeting with people. But I've come to realise in the last couple of years that, look, these funders speak to so many organisations doing so much good work and that they've got to make a decision. And, and like we have to, at Waterboy and Tuckerboy, every now and then we have to say no to people who we really, really yeah. want to support. But there is a, we've got to say no to some people because we can't support absolutely everyone and we've just got to stick with our criteria. And, um, and I suppose it, as you grow and come to realise that it does get easier to be compassionate with them and, and have that passion but be able to contain that rage and, yeah, and be right. a little yeah. little bit more understanding. So if anyone else out there is experiencing that um that rage and the and frustration because I tell you what, if you're an organisation who is applying for grant funds, you are probably going to get more no's than yeses. One piece of advice that I can give to you is there, is, and from personal experience, there is daylight between responses <laughs> whether you meet someone or not. So if you're applying to someone to ask them for money for your organisation, if you've met that person or that funder, there is a huge, huge difference between if you haven't met them. So there's there's one piece of advice, but yeah, it's um, that containing that rage is. <laughs> can can you yeah. talk to us about that balance again? The rage and the passion, was it? Yeah, making sure you've got. I think um, Jill was her name. She'll know who she is if she's listening. Um, intelligent rage. Yeah, making sure you rage. don't get. Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you, you keep the rage, you keep the passion, but don't get too angry about it. But yeah. at the same time, don't get too intellectual in explaining what your story is. Yeah. And, um, keep it so, in layman's terms, hey? Yeah, this is yeah. it. Bring those things together and you'll change the world. Awesome. 
let's wrap it up there for today. But if you have any questions, comments, or feedback about the show, or if you have any topics you wish us to discuss on future shows, be sure to send us an email, info at thewaterboy.co.nz, subject line NZ Charity. Also, if you wish to contact The Good Collective to support your charity or to sign up your business to be a service provider for charities, you can email info at thegoodcollective.org.nz. If you're listening to the show via a podcast platform, please be sure to rate, review and subscribe to the show and share it with your friends so that we can help more Kiwis to make better contributions to the organisations they are passionate about. Thank you to our guest today, Paul Brown. Paul, you're a legend. You can contact Paul on 0800 808822 or go on the website childfund.org.nz, click contact and, and you'll be able to get in touch with him there. Thank you to Free FM for their support of the show, for Maya Armistead for editing, and of course, Shapeshifter for the tunes. Thank you for listening to the New Zealand Charity Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Nabs, and we'll be back again tomorrow with even more tips, tricks, hacks, and learnings to help you accelerate your impact and create an even stronger New Zealand. episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.